is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. And I just want to Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Recording from the top of the Ferris wheel at the Smogville World's Fair, it is us, world champion podcast my name is brighton slc and i am sean black we are two men who signed a bad contract to become the official podcast of the mysterious smogville world's fair our job is simple to create the greatest podcast of all time the world champion of podcasts as it were we are now trapped in a private ferris wheel with no hope of escape overseen by our horrible boss i mean our wonderful, wonderful. boss should we start over Okay, keep going. I we'll edit this I out. I we'll edit this heard. out. Mr. Pumpernickel, we must talk about the only things we know how. Fringe and forgotten pop culture. That means heavy metal, wrestling, Star Trek, toy collecting, public television, whatever. 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 Well, anyway, it's time, uh, Smogville announcements. It's time for the semi-annual. This happens every 30 weeks. Mm-hmm. Smogville census. That's right. You know more about this than I do. I threw my mail away. Well, it was it, we were we were visited. It, w- it wasn't a mail situation. I think you might have been sleeping at the time. A man on a very very tall ladder. A man in black. People, I I I believe so. It was hard to see because the sun was directly in my eyes. So mm-hmm. the silhouette. I guess technically it was a black silhouette. Well, it could have just been covered in coal soot too. That's that's also. It could have been both. Actually, mm-hmm. it's been a real coal heavy week and it's been a real sunny week. So a mysterious man on a ladder. He, he came up and asked how many people were occupying the Ferris wheel. And it's two plus a dog. Did he ask about mm-hmm. the dog tugboat? Well, he was curious where the dog was. And I tried to explain. Uh, well, we're curious about that. too. Yeah, that's what I said. I said, have you seen the dog? The dog that is our mascot, you may notice, we sent him out for help uh, mm-hmm. about 30 episodes ago. Right. Every once in a while, he comes back and then leaves again. He's having a wonderful life. He's, it seems like he's just traveling. He's enjoying the fair. Remember that time he came back with stickers all over him? Mm-hmm. He's, and stamps? He was covered in stamps. Right. And, and like, Paris stickers. Right. Paris, right. Monaco. He, he'd mailed himself, Bangladesh. Apparently. Yeah. He's Can a he, clever little pup. It, it's a really cool thing about Smogville. We talk bad about it from time to time, but their, their postal system is pretty incredible. You can mail dogs. Dogs can mail themselves. They can mail themselves. You can mail other things like peacocks, any kind of living orphans. animal. Orphans. Of course, orphans. That, that's how the, tr- the whole economy runs on orphans being mailed here. Mm-hmm. So they can work in the mines and then after a long 18-hour day play on the baseball field. So it's, it's an incredible postal system, but we are forced... By law, and you as listeners are now forced by law, because I've, I, the Smogville lawyer, the official Smogville lawyer, came and told me that if somebody hears this podcast, they, they are bound by Smogville law to respond. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think Smogville is not part of the United States. I know, because, yeah. There are that... weird charters and laws and stuff that just don't sound constitutional to me. Well, it just seems incredible that Smogville's jurisdiction legally would would spread beyond its own borders to mm-hmm. other states and countries like someone in Australia who you know this is that's a 
an entire country of criminals. They, so they might not respond, but they are required by law. Anyone listening is required by law to just respond and tell us where you're located. Right. As of now. And that's at worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. Right. Or Twitter at Smogville Fair. Mm-hmm. Just tweet at us or even on our Facebook, we'll, we'll put a thing about where are you from and you are required by law to tell us. Because just, we just want to make a map. Well, mm-hmm. not we, the Smogville. I mean, you know, now that I think Mr. Pumpernickel's so weird because he wears those little round sunglasses and he has that kind mm-hmm. of extreme black haired flat top thing. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of somebody, but I can't put my finger on it. Right. But yeah, just let us know where you're located. This is our semi annual. Smogville census, right. as we said. And part of other Smogville business is let's, let's talk about uh, the poll we took, which is another important Smogville, uh, what's the word? Uh, civic. Civic responsibility. Uh, responsibility, yeah, yeah, to respond to our polls, our Twitter polls. And, and our, our question was, what is the best oily boy movie? What movie has the best oiled boy? And the choices were Predator, Terminator, or Conan the Barbarian. And it wasn't an all-encompassing list of oiled muscle men movies, just out of those three. Out of the, tri- the Arnold trifecta. Right. And let's see the results. I have the result- results right here in this envelope. Hold on. Let me get to it. Got to rip it open. All right. Oh, interesting. Another envelope. All right, let's get to that. You open that with your teeth. There's, is there another envelope in there? This is kind of like an ivory one. Oh, wow. Like a wedding invitation where you have the... Okay. Third envelope. Let's get it open. Oh, is that perfume? That's really strong smelling when you open that oh, wow, one. Wow, that was. A lot of kind of weird sparkles, too. And... All right. Here are the answers. We... What would you guess, first of all? Between Predator, Terminator, and Conan, what is the best oily boy movie? I think my pick was Predator. And I'm going to guess that Predator was the overwhelming favorite as well. Interesting. Because I can only see things through my own perspective. Well, coming in third place with 13% of the vote was Conan the Barbarian. Interesting. Second place, which ironically may have the most oiled boy in it. He's very oily and shirtless in that one. Mm -hmm. In second place with 25% is Predator. Oh, wow. Meaning the favorite Oily Boy movie is Terminator with 63% of the vote. Kind of shocking. So I, that's, a, that's a pretty high percentage, although there is another envelope oh, that wait, fell wait. out. I don't know if you saw that. You're right. That is one write-in vote for Commando. Oh, okay. It's curious it got its own envelope, but a real tiny envelope, too, but whatever. Well, okay. it's just one vote. You only need a small oh, vote. Oh, yeah, small. Just one vote. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you know what they say, all no, there are no small elections, only small votes. Only small envelopes. Mm-hmm. Commando has the advantage of being oiled and vaguely camouflaged. Mm-hmm. I really like Arnold's camouflage in the iconic Commando photos, because it's just a smudge here, a smudge there. Mm-hmm. In my memory, it's entire body camouflage. No, is it most, not? No, most of him is still pretty much flesh-toned. Interesting. Like he just kind of looks a little bit like he was going to play center field for the Pirates. And things got and, out of and hand. And things got out of hand. Yep. <laughs> yep. <Okay. laughs> that's exactly it. It's a good film. I totally forgot about Commando. That, that's, I, I would say Commando, when someone is doing a parody of an action movie, mm. it's Commando. Is it Commando? That's got all the like, wisecracks. Like when The Simpsons is doing Rainier Wolf Castle. It kind of is. Commando's the one with all the wisecracks. Don't bother, my friend. He's dead tired. 
Yeah, it, it's pretty much like you took an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and then gave it acid or something. Yeah, and it's, even even for an 80s Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie, it is ridiculous. Yeah. Like jumping out of the plane's wheel well. Or no, he sneaks onto the plane. Through the wheel well. Through the wheel well, and then kills a man in first class and says, don't bother him, he's dead tired. He's dead tired. It has, it has my favorite thing, the, maybe my favorite line ever, which is, remember when I told you I'd kill you last? Yeah. I lied. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You said that. You said you'd kill me last. <laughs> it, uh, it's the, it is the quintessential uh, 80s action movie, for sure. And it starts out with, with Arnold chopping wood. He's at a cabin chopping wood. And carrying, lo- carrying trees around on his shoulder. An entire tree. Yeah. Lumber. Wow. And is that the one where the guy's taking out the garbage and then gets shot by the garbage men at the beginning? Oh, I'm, I'm not I think sure. It is. He's like panicking that he's late and he takes the garbage out and he's like oh i i I thought i'd miss you and they say well we're not gonna miss you and then they shoot him with uzis or something i might be misremembering what does that have to do with his daughter because they kidnap his daughter right it's all i don't know it's all tied in yeah they kidnap Alyssa milano and drive straight down the mountain when arnold chases they they drive off on a dirt road arnold gets in his truck and drives straight down the mountain Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) boy speaking of Alyssa milano you seen winona Ryder lately yeah. Because I have, and mm-hmm. I'm sure everyone has the talk of the town. And rarely do I ever want to talk about uh, movies or TV shows that I enjoyed, because mm-hmm. that's not interesting. Right. But I finished Stranger Things last night, and I just can't stop thinking about it, because I don't think I've ever been so satisfied with a TV show. With an ending of a show? With the whole show? Just with the whole show in general. Like, they just... And, and that doesn't mean that everything necessarily ended the way I would have expected, mm-hmm. but it, they just didn't fuck it up. We finished okay. watching episode seven. It's like, okay, we got one left. I hope they don't screw it up because mm-hmm. that can happen all the time. Most of the Practically time. Practically most of the time. And then the last episode's like, ah, great. Mm-hmm. Turns out the wife died and he's marrying Robin. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. But anyway, you haven't finished watching this, no, eh? No, no. Well, I really but enjoyed I it. Do like, I do like the, the way it's going, though. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of things that really work for me. And I, just in case there's someone out there that hasn't checked it out yet. You've got to do that. I oh. played uh, the Stranger Thi- Things theme at one of my quizzes, and no one reacted to it. Really? It was one of the questions, even. And I was like, you know, Stranger Things. And everyone looked at me, like, just drooling. That must be a Smogville thing, because it yeah. is the most popular Netflix show ever. Yeah, Oh, that's a, yeah. because was, it was just silence, except for someone coughing up a big cloud of coal dust. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a Smogville thing. But anyway, it took me a while to watch episode eight because we were watching WWE SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Big controversy. Wait, that before I think... we get to that, oh, I, sure. I had a conversation. How old are the kids, would you say, in, in Stranger Things? I can't tell how old children are because I was talking with someone and I said, well, it's a group of these adorable five-year-olds or six-year-olds. <laughs> and the person I was talking to said, no, they're like 10 or 11. I would put them at 10 or 11, but there's a way to figure it out because one of the kids, they're talking having a conversation about who is whose best friend. Mm-hmm. And the one kid is like, I know I'm not your best friend because I only moved here three years ago in fourth grade or something like that. Well, so they're in seventh grade? And I, th- I think they go to a middle school. I'm not certain. I'm just not enough around enough children, I guess, because I was like, yeah, they're like in kindergarten maybe. Well, that's because when I was 13, I thought I was a man. But I've thought I was a man since I since forever. You were, since you were born. Because I've always just been the same guy. Mm-hmm. I, was ne- I never went from, like, I'm a little kid and then a uh, fast cut, and then I'm a teenager, and then I'm a grown-up. When you were I've a child. I've always been the same guy. 
So when your baby teeth were coming out, you thought to yourself, this is a normal thing for, for a man to have happen well, to him. Well, it's just, no, it's just however old I've ever been is the oldest I've ever been at that point. It's, yeah, that's true. So, you know, when I was eight, I was like, this is as old as I get, because it's as old as I am and have ever been. I think the reason I thought they were just tiny children is because one of the kids has no front teeth. And, yeah. and I don't remember when my baby teeth fell out, but I assumed it was, like, first grade. That's a plot point, though, because he's made fun of for still not having teeth. And he says, I have, and mentioned some disease that he has, or condition. Or that whatever. must happen later in the show, then. Yeah, first episode. <laughs> first scene he's in, really. Okay. Well, I, couldn't be fair, I couldn't understand him. He doesn't have any front teeth. To be fair, you are a very large man. Me? I've always been a man. Yeah, you're, but you're like seven foot two, so of course right. a kid is going to look much younger. Uh, so it's just perspective. You're looking down on a child, they look tiny, even when you look into a TV, apparently. The physics work the same. Yeah. Okay. And you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into this. Okay. I'm going to jump into this week's installment of Mysteries of the Mysterious. This is our semi-weekly segment wherein we deal with the unsolved mysteries throughout the history of mankind. UFOs, men in black, murder mysteries, whether they disappearing be on, people. Whether these men in black are on ladders or not. Whether they're on ladders or if they're just tall or if you just are laying on the ground and looking up. Mm-hmm. And I really, I, I, I'm jumping the, the gun here of our conversational topic because mine is about small people. Oh, okay. And forced perspective and perhaps even an angry Gandalf. <laughs> so what we do, we talk, this is our semi-annual uh, segment. Semi-annual, I'd say what, maybe? Semi-annual? Yeah, it's semi-annual. We do it 25, 30 times a year. Yeah. 35, so it's not it's semi-annual. Didn't you just say bi-weekly? Did no, I hear that? Uh, semi-weekly? Yeah, semi-weekly. Okay. Just... Every third week we do three in a row, and then we skip a month, and then we do one, okay. and then we... Skip one week, and then we do two in a row, and then we... I've never been clear on what semi-weekly means until now. Well, it's Mr. Pumpernickel's schedule. It's on the drive, on the shared drive, if you yes. have access okay. to it. okay. When next time you're at the library for your hour of library time a week, mm-hmm. get on the shared drive and check that out. It's, it's very interesting we have that, that hour a week of library time, but we're not allowed to actually check books out. I know. That, I am, it's taken me so long to read Infinite Jest. <laughs> I don't know that I'm ever going to finish it if I can only do an hour at a time. Uh, not in this lifetime. Not even an hour because I still have to get my, my internet time in, too. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes. A big thing in pop culture is the local urban legend. Uh, you know, on Long Island or Staten Island, there's Cropsy, the, the hook-handed murderer. You know, growing up watching TV, the kids would be camping, and they're like, oh, no, Hatchet Harry's around here. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have anything like that growing up? I was always a little jealous that I didn't. A local urban legend? Yeah, because it was so prevalent in TV and movies. You know, you'd see the kids, like something, you know, it would be something very similar to Stranger Things, where, oh, and they say he still haunts these woods, and if you look in that cabin and see that light, or like, say, in Monster Squad, how they have scary German guy that everyone's afraid yeah. of. Yeah, so you, are you saying in the city or, or in your neighborhood? Just there, in your life, a, a just, cre- just in your childhood, was there ever anything like that? I don't, not offhand, it's not, yeah. it's and not coming. And, and we grew up in the same neighborhood, so, mm-hmm. so I didn't either. But, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? You were kind of... Oh, yeah. 
kind of kind of into that sort of thing. Well, there is one uh, in our hometown of Salt Lake City. You have probably heard of it. Legend has it, this is a quote from, from a uh, first-hand account. Legend has it that if you run through Hobbitville at night, magical creatures and evil hobbits will come out and lock you in their tiny cages. Are Be- you familiar with Hobbitville? Yes, I actually live really close to it. Couple streets away, as far as I know, right? Oh, you do. Yeah, I, literally like a block from here. Yeah, it's like a block from here. <laughs> so I'm I'm familiar with that with that kind of legendary neighborhood. Yeah. So what it is is a uh, in the middle of a very sort of suburban slash urban. I mean, it's not like a downtown cityscape, but it's not really a neighborhood. It's a busy street. There's this weird little densely wooded area. Mm-hmm and a street that goes off into those woods and no trespassing signs. This has been dubbed Hobbitville. Yep. We're going we're gonna to solve this mystery here tonight. Okay, and I, I heard and about this. And there's a secondary mystery. I heard about this when I, when I was probably about the age of the kids in Stranger Things. So I've, I've known about it my entire life. So this, is an urban, this, so this is kind of an urban legend that's been around. Yeah, it's totally a folklore neighborhood thing for this particular region. And when you say locked in tiny cages, is it the cages they themselves live in normally? No. So the legend is that it is a neighborhood where the houses are small, the mailboxes are lower to the ground, the streets are narrow because it is inhabited by little people. Right. And they're very private. They don't want you hanging around. They will chase you down and throw rocks at you. They will chase you with pitchforks and... There are tiny cages that they will lock you in. And th- this was dubbed Hobbitville long before they made the, mo- the Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. Yes, it was. Long the- before the movies. Back when the only Hobbits we had were the cartoon featuring the music of Glenn Yarborough. Right. So, and now this is true. The houses are small. The, there are cages. There are tiny cages. In the yards? In the common areas. In the- That's a fact. Really? Yes. So I'm going to read you some of the first-hand accounts of visitors that I got off a blog somewhere um, that I will not give credit to because I did not leave that tab open. One particular night, a few friends of mine decided to check this place out for ourselves. This was a night I will never forget. We were driving past the entrance to Hobbitville waiting for an old beat-up car with their lights off to leave. On the third time we drove by, it pulled out and followed a few cars behind us. We noticed it, and with crying girls in the back seat, I pulled down a side street, attempting to loose them. Uh, I love the way it's spelled like that on the internet, generally. Absolutely. Um, So what I like about this is that they're driving by three times to go bother. So let's say these people believe in the legend, that this is a community of private little people. Mm -hmm. And they're like, let's bother them. They drive by it three times, and then a car follows them, and the girls in the back seat immediately burst into tears. I'd like to also point out that the... In this story, the car that was parked in its own neighborhood is the suspicious character. Yeah. And the people driving past over and over are the victims. Yeah, they're the heroes. They're the protagonists right. of the story. And now we've got girls crying in the back seat. Immediately starts crying. Just because the car pulled out after they drove a by. Few, a few cars behind them. Oh, not even behind them. <laughs> the car pulled out a few See, cars so behind the car, us. The car pulled into traffic. The car pulled into traffic. And then the from girls... It, from their home. Yeah. Now the girls are weeping. Wow. Uh, it didn't work. They began a 30-minute long chase throughout the Sugar House area. We would catch glimpses of them and discovered that they were old guys with long gray beards. Creepy. 
At times, we would think we lost them. Then we would drive to a four-way stop, and they would be sitting in the middle of the intersection with their lights off. We pretty much crapped our pants. <laughs> we finally got back on the main road and thought we lost them. All the passengers convinced me that we needed to abandon Hobbitville for tonight and just go home. Oh, so he was hell-bent on going back. Yeah, like, hey, I am going to bother these people. Yeah. Uh... Right after I had turned around, the beat-up car with no headlights drove past us, smiled, and waved. This, this, is, this is when I started freaking out. This is chilling. This is a chilling story. This is when I started freaking out. After that, no car or stoplight kept me from speeding home as fast I could. With the rain beating down, the girls couldn't stop crying until we reached the safety of home. Wow. Now, that is a scary fucking story. It's a story. harrowing night. Yeah. And no wonder he'll never forget that night. No, how can you forget something like that? When you drive, th- drive through a neighborhood and another car from the neighborhood you bump into and they wave at you and smile. I can't imagine a more horrible ending to the story. Yeah. Now, there's another comment where they try to sort of tamper it down a bit. And it's okay. like, look, it's no trespassing. They're very private. Yes, they're a little weird. But what do you expect from people that live in an old witch's colony? So now we've got another layer here. So it's currently little wow. people in little homes with little cages, formerly an old witch's colony. And so what is a witch? Isn't that called a coven or coven? It's a coven. A coven? We, we, you know damn well it's a coven. <laughs> so is a colony is the same as a coven. Yeah, an old witch's colony. So that's nice of them all to live together. I know. It probably, across from a junior college. Well, it probably helps when you're making because a lot of witches they have cauldrons. They're making recipes. They need a lot. They need eye of newt. They need a uh, hair from a virgin. They need all these things. Yeah. It's probably way easier just to walk across the street to your neighbor oh, and yeah. say, do you have any finger bones from a scorned widow? You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, of course I do. I got you. You need a couple? Yeah. Here, here you go. Yeah, just no, just no, just give me back next time. And they can, and they can get together and have a, a big cauldron party and just. Yeah, probably saves double, double, double toil and trouble, all that stuff. Right, it saves yeah. time, it saves saves lizard tails, it saves all that. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Um, another comment. Uh, this one. Sp- wait, 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 wait. Before we are we going to continue to talk about the witches? Or are we changing gears here? Well, I was going to change gears, but if you got more witch facts, do you think these little people were drawn to the witches? Like, was this just cheap real estate? Well, I mean... So were they, the, so, so they saying, like, okay, a bunch of witches lived here and no one will buy these houses? Well, it's interesting that there's a gap in the documentation of this. There's, there's a historical gap, you know? Mm-hmm. So what happened in between the witches and the hobbits? The record does not reflect that. I mean, we're, you're talking a couple hundred years, probably. It's got to right? be if it's witches. Well, no, let's see. Yeah, at least a hundred Right. I mean, it was, what, 1847 that the Salt Lake Valley was settled. Mm-hmm. But it could be that the witches were here when the Mormons arrived. Right. Or, you know, maybe the, maybe the witches followed the Mormons. Mm-hmm. In any event, the witches, uh, what happened? Were they chased out? Now, the legend, besides that there's angry little people, there, there is a school of thought that magical creatures will, will find you, too. So are the hobbits indeed hobbits from the center of the earth in the Shire? Ah, now who, we're getting, now we're getting here, to, okay. Drawn by you know Tom Bombadil esque magic. That that sort of makes sense if you think about that it. That does because make a lot of sense if you think about just people that move to a, a private community to have a little bit of peace and quiet from the outside world. Maybe it was cheaper because it was in this witch's coven. Area. Well, and you can just you can practically hear them. But, oh, I like this place. There's magic here. Yeah, it is. It is. We can grow real big pumpkins here. <laughs> 
that's probably the main draw was the, the fantastic. There had to be giant pumpkins. Fantastic ground for pumpkins mm-hmm. and and other, uh, gourds. I'm sure the crossover between hobbits and witches using gourds is is just a no-brainer. Oh, yeah, that Venn diagram is almost a circle. It's just a solid circle. Just a solid circle. Well, things are going to take a less whimsical turn. We've seen some of the residents of Hobbitville about to load up in their cars with their guns, so we headed out. There have been known shootings there, and they will chase you out. It definitely is an adventure, but a scary one. So known shootings, um, again, a gap in the historical record about shootings there. Really mm-hmm. couldn't find anything about that. Nothing. Uh, I, I mean, I guess a lot of the time the papers don't report shootings. And it's, and it's very interesting, again, if you, if you look at this from the Hobbit's point of view, it's quite a different story. There's people literally trespassing, trying to sneak into their property, and then when they brandish weapons to protect themselves, they are the creepy villains yeah. of, of this tale. Absolutely. We're going to get to that, too, okay. in just a second. Uh, another character is going to be introduced here. I've been a couple times a few years ago, and a huge man, the Hobbit's bodyguard, comes out and chases you with a bamboo stick or hits your car with a bamboo stick. Just a P.S., though, he isn't scared of hurting you. I wouldn't suggest going. Wow. So they, they call him Gandalf. Whether he's magical or not, I don't know, but he's huge. He could also be a Hodor type. Mm-hmm. I, I was picturing m- more a uh, Hodor. Yeah, bamboo and that'll sting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if someone hits your car with bamboo, it'll make a noise. So what is this scenario where their car is getting hit? They've pulled up to a house. And so they've pulled up to a house to just because they want to look at little people. Right. For no other reason than to look at them. Mm-hmm. But, it, but, but when, it, when is the, the Hodor alerted? Is he in waiting in the bushes? Is yeah, he's probably just waiting, lurking. I mean, he's their bodyguard, so he's just kind of wandering the grounds. Of all the, all the little Shire homes? Yeah. Huh. Um, I guess they need it. Sounds like they need need a guy like that. Well, and here's the comment that really kind of blows the lid off this. However, it's still weird to me. Why does it bother them so much that people are driving on their property? Why are they so paranoid? <laughs> Maybe if they were more open with the public, we wouldn't all be so curious. <laughs> I say the same thing about the White House. Every time I go to the White House to sneak in, what, why, are they so, why can't I get in there? What are they so paranoid about? Yeah. A crazy person that just wants to go in and look at the president? Right. I mean, why, they, they're so mad that just every night, cars, carloads full of teenagers come in mm-hmm. and just drive around and shine their lights in their windows. Because think about it. Think about how delightful it is. If you're laying in bed, you're in your, your boxers, you're eating some bagel bites on your chest, you're resting these little pizza yeah. bagel bites on your chest, and you see about four or five teenagers peering in your window. Yeah. It's, it's you know, 10 p.m., on a Thursday night, that's, that's delightful. Well, that's another account is someone did shine their lights into a home and saw tiny shadows scurrying about, <laughs> hiding. But I just don't get why, they're so, why it bothers them so much. Why are they so paranoid about this? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. Um, and then the last one on whatever this blog was, if you just Google Hot, I mean, don't Google Hot, just listen to this. I'm giving you all the good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, got, I got in this blog again now to read the comments and see why this is such a big deal and hear other people's experience. Now I'm going to have to go back late tonight to see if I experience being chased by anyone. So we'll see. Man. It's... So, I, so I love the stories that are supposed to scare you off, only attract more people. Has anyone actually seen one of these hobbits? Because all these stories, shadows scurrying in their own homes, you know, Hodor protecting. There was two guys with gray beards in a car. but That smiled and waved. But, I mean, you, can't, you, you don't know their stature by them sitting in a car, right? 
I guess you, maybe they have a telephone book or something, and they just yeah. Well, and it could just be forced perspective. Maybe the car is just a little further away than you think. Yeah. Maybe it's a real big car and a normal-sized person. Well, that, that first story said that the car was parked in the middle of an intersection with the lights off. Yeah. And that sounds a lot to me like a perspective problem. Yeah. I sort of feel like maybe that car was parked at the stoplight and maybe not in the intersection. And maybe it was just parked like a parked car would be parked. It just looked big because it was you're expecting a tiny little clown car and you're seeing a normal-sized car. That's a good point. So yeah. it looks bigger. So like, oh, this car must have been parked in the dead center of the intersection. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. Because why would it be that big unless it was closer to us when they must drive miniature cars? Right. Because that's a big fa- central part of this myth is that it's tiny houses for tiny people. Mm-hmm. And um, yet they're driving Buicks. Through town. Yeah. I've actually been there years ago when I was a child, before I'd heard the Hobbitville myth. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, I did see the cages. And what I noted were, and this is not legend, this is fact, there are weird stone monuments throughout this area with quotes on them. I actually have a bunch of the quotes that are on these stone monuments. So picture, you know, like just kind of a crumbling little tiny Washington monument with like maybe a mosaic of an owl on it or something. And then quotes crudely carved into it. So we have beauty is truth. Truth is beauty. Ooh, chilling. Pretty standard. And the light shineth in the darkness. Drink to me only with thine eyes and I will pledge with mine. This is not one piece. These are all different. And these are all from Lord of the Rings or what? I don't know. The Uh, similarian? The leaves of life keep falling one by one. Flowers preach to us if we will hear. That sounds like some Wiccan stuff. That's a little bit witchy. They are never alone that are accompanied by living thoughts. The night has a thousand eyes. And is full of terrors? Just that. That's where it ends. Maybe they got too scared to The night has a thousand eyes? Yeah. That's carved. That's like Cthulhu. Yeah. Earth fills her lap with pleasures of her own. Wow. This is getting more and more twisted. The great winds utter prophecies. Would that men were truer. Tongues in trees, books in running brooks, sermons in stones, and good in everything. Wow. And And finally, lo, the poor Indian, whose untutored mind. That's kind of random. Yeah, that or, does sound like witch stuff. That sounds does. like witch's colony, Tom Bombadil, elves, Rivendell kind of stuff. And nowhere in there is one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them. Uh, not that I could find in the documentation. Um, I was able to, I do want to give them credit since I'm using their information. Utah's present history.blogspot.com is where I found a source for, for this stuff. So I can, I have a pretty good, I I think I know that I can explain the gap between the witches and the current day Hobbitville. If you remember after the ring was thrown into Mount Doom, they head back to the Shire and the Shire has been completely destroyed. Right. It's been raised by, I don't even know who was it. It was Orcs? Saruman, the scouring of the Shire. Oh, yeah, Saruman. This was not in the movies, so if you're a movie viewer. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry that your is it not Middle all? Earth lore is uh, incomplete. It's, is it not in the movies at all? It isn't, huh? They go back and, and that. No, they go back and everything's Sam fine. runs up to that girl and kisses her or something, yeah, right? yes, Yeah, pretty much. When I read Lord of the Rings for the first time in junior high or whatever, the I was very disturbed by the ending when they yeah. after all this hell that that uh, yeah. Frodo and Samwell go through they go back to the Shire and it's just destroyed it, yeah not only is it, it taken over by Saruman ha- haven't they actually plowed the houses down they and plowed stuff? the houses down torn the trees out they've enslaved the hobbits right yeah they've like burned salted the ground so no fine pumpkins will grow 
Right. So, yeah, in the movies, I think Sam has a nightmare about it, but it doesn't actually happen, which I think is a, a better choice. I think it's a better story. choice yeah. as well. Like, you've been th- put through hell going to Mount Doom. You don't need the ending to be, like, an yeah. extra kick in the nuts. Yeah. So that could explain why there's no written history between the witch colony and the current-day Hobbitville is because yeah. there's, you know, the, it was totally raised and then a thousand years for the, you know, the ground to... So, so a band, of, like a band of pioneer witch hunters mm-hmm. drove the witches out, mm-hmm. drove them westward. Mm-hmm. I like that idea a lot, too. So the witches might have been here before the Mormons. I would say then, almost the, definitely. Yeah, for thousands of years. You right. know? And obviously, based on these quotes, they're worshiping nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is Arthurian. It's Cthulhu-esque. It's, yeah, and it's Wiccan. It's everything. Yeah. And so then the settlers get here. Probably they team with a band of Utes mm-hmm. and say, we've got to get these witches out of here so right. we can build Westminster College and, dri- and drive them out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. And then the land was cursed. So who would want to settle there but society's outcasts, these innocent little people if who, you, you know? Have you seen the movie Poltergeist? Yeah. So the whole premise of that is they've, this family's bought a house on top of an Indian burial ground, right? Right. Wouldn't that make this college they built on top of a witch's colony? Wouldn't that mean that if you attended that college, you're staying in the dorms, you're having all kinds of horrifying ghost experiences. You're seeing witches in the windows. You're, you, you, the, the tree branches are scratching on the glass. You There's know? probably a lot of that. It's probably also you graduate and you find out your degree is worthless. Ooh, that's the biggest scare of all. Yeah, now you're in all, you've got all this student debt. That's an expensive school, too. You've spent $60,000, and now you are just working at the gap. Yeah, no, now you're lucky to get an internship with your communications degree. Wow, the witches had the last laugh. They did indeed. Think of how much debt you're in after college. I mean, mean, you want to talk about a curse. Yeah, that's a classic witch's curse. No, you want to think a witch's curse is that you turn into a newt or... You you eat all the soup in the world, and you never feel uh, satisfied. You never feel hearty warmth in your bosom. Right, and I, I think that's that's too easy. No, that's too easy. So how about sixty thousand dollars? I mean, that, more, God, a minimum. Oh, yeah, more yeah. Than that. yeah, hundred thousand dollars. Hundreds, hundreds of thousand dollars of student debt, and a uh, comparative lit degree. Mm-hmm. And you're an Uber driver. Yeah. At night. Yeah. And during the day, you're you're. Just you know. You're an Uber driver at night, and you get a call, and it's a bunch of teenagers. And you're thinking, great, please don't throw up in my Civic. Right. And they say, we want to go to Hobbitville. And then your car gets hit with a bamboo stick. Yeah, it's People full smile and wave at you. Pe- people are following you many cars behind. Yeah. Maybe following you. Perhaps. It's, it's God, this is like the end of the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Oh, it's chilling. It is chilling. Now, um, do you want to know the truth? And I notice I made quote marks with my hands. Okay. This is the accepted truth that probably the men in black want you to think. Oh. Dr. George Allen. Is this doctor the way that last week that professor was in quotes as oh, well? Oh, yeah. No, it's doctor. Doctor. He, he went to the same school as Dr. Feelgood. So it's doctor of witchology. Yeah. He collected 700 bird and wildlife specimens from throughout the world and housed them in tiny cages. Hmm. To help pay for it, he built little homes and rented them out. To, to help pay for his bird collection. Why not? wouldn't he just build normal homes? Well, that's another mystery. And then what are with his weird quotes? This guy 
clearly is a weirdo. <laughs> so, so these cages that are in the middle of the neighborhood. Yeah. These were to house birds. Peacocks, fancy ducks. Uh, s- splendid, I mean, splendid birds from the darkest corners of the world. I would say that fits right into the myth. I don't see how that's a truth. Well, and that's what I think is interesting. So why is he building small houses? The houses are small, even by historic standards. They are small houses, tiny houses. There are tiny cages for his birds. This hasn't clarified anything. So why would he build the small houses um, in in this wooded stream? He built uh, log cabin dwellings, um, very unique in its construction in that he did not use any metal in building the homes. And this is in the 1930s. This isn't the old Abraham Lincoln times. So they had, they had tons of metal. You could have, you could have, they were building skyscrapers. They were building skyscrapers. At this time. So he's building, including his own house, um, that had 24 rooms. He's building tiny houses, but then his own lodge has 24 rooms without any metal. Where was his house located? It's back there. It's back there in Hobbitville. So there's one huge house? Yeah. All made of wood? So what's with the not using metal? That sounds like some Wiccan stuff, too. Well, I think that witches are attracted to iron or something. It's going to be something like that. It's some kind of vampire thing. or Yeah. yeah. I, mean, there, or, there, I know there's some kind of metal that bothers some kind of supernatural creature. Maybe a werewolf. and Not silver, though. Yeah. I guess you probably wouldn't build your house with silver nails anyway. Well, maybe like ringwraiths. Yeah, ringwraiths. Hate yeah. iron or something. But then all these quotes. He wrote those quotes. The night has a thousand eyes. The great winds utter prophecies. Would that men were truer. I mean, that's, that's a Lord of the Rings thing, too. There's... And also, this, this all happened before Lord of the Rings was really published. There's Would a... that men were truer is, you know, the elves not right. trusting men, the hobbits not trusting men. Right. And you, you know, men can be corrupted by they, the one ring. And it's true. They, they shouldn't be trusted. You see what happens when they even get a whiff of the ring. You're right. Boromir so, is a classic example. Yeah, so there is some sort of pre-Lord of the Rings business going on here. There's a good chance this guy is totally insane. That could explain the... No, that's too easy. Too easy. Insane in a Lovecraft way, though. Insane because he knows the truth. Because he's stared into the face of... Of, 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 of those, the witches. Of those octopus-faced things. He's looked, he's, he's looked into the, where those floating Hellboy monsters are. Yeah. I think he, the witches that were driven out by a band of Mormon pioneers and Utes, where mm. they were driven westward, Dr. Allen, in his travels looking for birds, found those witches. He gazed into their bubbling cauldron, and he saw a terrifying vision mm-hmm. of Saruman and the Eye of Sauron. Right. Not knowing that it was, he was just seeing Peter Jackson's movies. He thought that was the future Wow. Of life. So that would back, be a twist. Goes back to build a sanctuary, writes all these quotes that, are, that really ring true of Lord of the Rings. Think about in a thousand years, if, some kind, if the, the human, humans are all dead, aliens come down, they find, that they say, we've got to find some kind of s- documents. We've got to find information about the c- civilization. Yeah. There seems to be lots and lots of these silver discs called Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This must be their story. This must be the history of these people. Let's yeah. watch it. And they put it in their space DVD players and watch Lord of the Rings as a documentary. Of course. And then they know all about the humans. They know all about the ring wraiths. The orcs. The orcs. So that's a, that's a really... He was doing all this stuff for posterity. Well, I think he was misguided. I think he somehow had this reverse vision of Lord of the Rings and prepared for it like a prepper. 
Mm-hmm. And building those houses with no metal is Wiccan. There's a lot of very Wiccan ideas here. Mm-hmm. Based on, uh, based on, and I say that based on my understanding of Wiccan, which is virtually nil. I was going to say, you should probably explain Wiccan, because for most of this podcast, I thought you were saying that's a wicked idea. Wicked. This is wicked. I thought you were telling me how badass it is to build houses without nails. And now I'm just getting, you're talking about maybe worshipping nature sort of thing. Well, they both work. Wiccan witches and wicked witches. Those are both varieties of witches. Wiccan, wicked, witchy witches. So which witches are you talking about? The Wiccan witches or the, the witch witches? Which, what are we talking about? The Wiccan witches is what we want. The Wiccan witches, which did what? Didn't use any nails? They didn't use any nails. They worshipped nature. Ah. So yeah, to explain what Wiccan is based on my understanding of it, uh, which means I've never done any research on this at all. Which means, is it, so this is, is that what you're saying? Whoa. Yeah. They've think, got us. Think about that. They've got us now. We, we're right in the midst of a witch's curse, I think. Sort of a full circle. Yeah. What else is a full circle? A Ferris wheel. Fer- we are, oh, my God. We're, and we're cursed. Our, fer- our Ferris trapped. wheel. We're cursed to rotate in this Ferris wheel forever. Our Ferris wheel, coincidentally enough, also not built with any metal nails or screws. Which I was horrified when I found out. That's really bad news. Yes. Wood glue. It's held together with wood glue. That's it, gorilla glue. I think it's. I've been ordering some off Amazon, hoping it'll get here. I want to reinforce our cart. To yeah. Be, to be honest. Absolutely. Our car. I guess it's a car. Do you know what? The other night, when we were rotating, you know how at night they turn it on inexplicably, and it kind of it's kind of at first it was hard to sleep with the Ferris wheel rotating. Yeah. Two cars behind us. I thought I saw two guys with beards waving at us. And no matter what we did, we never lost them. All night long, they, they were, were always right behind us. There were always two cars behind us. Holy shit! There was even a point where where it stopped for a few minutes because you know how the power goes out for a couple hours every night in Smogville. Yeah, they were sitting dead, kind of in the intersection between where you get on the cars and twenty feet off the ground. They were just sitting there with their lights off. Just looking at us. And that's when you started to cry, remember? I was crying so hard. And, you know, there was that one time we were wandering uh, around the Smogville Fair, and I sort of got near the Mysteries of the Orient section. Mm -hmm. And that giant, hairy, black-and-white man took a bamboo stick out of his mouth and started chasing me with it. That's right. Holy cow. This is a witch's curse if I've ever heard of one. We better move on, man. Yeah, another mystery solved. I think Witch's curse, Lord of the Rings visions. Very convoluted one. But yeah. I think it all makes sense. I think we've solved this one. College debt, the ultimate curse. It makes sense to us. The witch's curse, our debt, our, cr- our crippling debt. We've been putting a crazy board together this whole time, um, but we can't show you. Right. But uh, just trust us that we have a crazy board, and it's, it's all fine. Well, holy shit. Um, I want to do something more pleasant right yeah, now. Yeah, l- let's get our mind off something. What takes people's minds off of their woes? The, the sweet sounds of music. Right. And what's, and what's better than watching a movie? What? Unless, unless it's Lord of the Rings. I don't want to bring that no, up no, again. No, no, no. I mean, I think it's time to introduce the new segment mandated by our boss, Mr. Pumpernickel. Mm-hmm. And uh, first time, brand new segment. We're going to also make this semi-annual. Right. Or semi-weekly even. Semi-annual and semi-weekly. We're going to do it 30, 40 times a year. We'll, we'll post the schedule on our crazy board. Mm-hmm. But what is the segment called? It is called Mini Music Movies. I want my Mini Music Movies. So music videos. Oh, no, 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 no. We don't say that around Mr. Pumpernickel. 
He's very specific. He says, this sounds outrageous, but he says we're not legally allowed to say music, that word. Music videos? No, mini music movies. Mini music movies. Yes, so we're talking about some mini music movies. Like the stuff on MTV. Which stands for, yeah, MTV. Triple MTV. If you look at MTV, it's an M, there's a TV, but Roman TV in Roman numerals is a three. So that's oh, mini that's true. music movies. Good it's, point. It's three, three M's. Okay, so the triple M mini music movies, our new segment, mm-hmm. where we talk about music videos. And we break them down and we try to figure out Sorry, what, what... edit that part out. Oh, yeah, I didn't even get upset either. I got to edit in me getting upset also. Ah! Okay, wait. Three, two, one. Ah! Perfect. So we're going to break down the motivations. We're going we're gonna to really let you know where these people were coming from when they made these music videos. Ahem. Ah! I'll edit that out. Don't worry. There's going to be a lot of editing. A lot of cuts. Mini music movies. Right. Yes. I think we got it. I think we might as well. Might as well what? We might as well talk about this first mini music movie, and that is Jump by the band Van Halen. The, and and I've, I've got uh, some good information about it. Right it's, it's one of the first videos I remember uh, seeing. I mean, one of the first mini music movies I remember seeing on my um, moving picture box. That's true. And, and this came out. They have an exact date. This is pretty incredible. December 21st, 1983. Wow, right in time for the Christmas season. Right. Uh, This is written by Eddie Van Halen, Alex Van Halen, Michael Anthony, and David Lee Roth. So the guys in the band. And produced by Ted Templeman. I always get confused. Which one is Alex? Is he the drummer or the bass player? The bass player is Michael Anthony. Okay. And and, and I want to talk about him a little bit later, but... So this is directed by David Lee Roth, this music video. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> I never knew that. That's, that's very interesting. I was kind of surprised myself. Yeah, I didn't know he had those chops. And it's, well, does he even? Well, well yeah, we'll get to we'll that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Now, this song, too, I, 1983, that's, that's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's 33 years ago. I heard this song the other day just out in public. I wasn't listening to the classic rock station. I was just minding my own business shopping, and then I might as well jump. And, and this is a big hit. This was the biggest hit Van Halen has ever had. Oh, ever. Even that, more that, than... That's, that's what it says. It says okay. this is their, was their biggest hit. Because you would think it would be uh, Right Now. Or, yeah. Is that what it's called? Right Now, which is another mini music movie that is on our list to talk about. They say on, on the Wikipedia that this, mu- this video was groundbreaking. <laughs> and set the standard for performance videos that directors still try to emulate. That's crazy. That I mean, I guess, crazy. I guess in 1983 it was uh, a new era. Mm-hmm. I mean, were, that's wild because it, now it just looks like the cheapest, like, let's bang out a video kind of thing. Right. It do- and if you think about, or, I mean, let, let's describe the video real quick. Yeah, the video is them. It's four men dressed kind of like ridiculous clowns. Uh-huh. And they're just performing in an all-black room. Yeah, now it's, it's supposed to be a stage, but it's very small mm-hmm. and has like one row of lights behind them. You never see an audience. But it works because my entire life, and I bet I've seen this music video hundreds of times, yeah. my entire life up until today when I watched it, I thought that they were playing a concert and they were on stage. Yeah, that was my impression of it too. So that worked wonderfully. Yeah. This, this black room they're in. Yeah. I, in fact, I was kind of shocked that it was just black behind them. Yeah. That was, was unexpected. 
to, so to do this, they, they uh, recorded the song several times in a row from beginning to end. That makes sense. And then they just record, did a, uh, a take where they were just all like doing silly stuff. Well, they are having a blast. And, and I'm glad you brought this up because that's the impression I got as well. The song yeah. is happy. They're having a blast. This is what caused Van Halen to break up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is, this is <laughs> the beginning of the end of David Lee Roth and the band. <laughs> the video, they, except for David Lee Roth, who is just staring at the camera with dead eyes. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is just grinning and bopping like no. it's just a beach party. The, I, I read a couple interviews, and, and Eddie Van Halen claims this is one of the darkest depressions he was ever in, was oh. at this point. Oh. God. When he's smiling and laughing, and they're yeah. they're just clowning around. No, this is this is like the 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 surf. This is their public persona. They, so this is their white album. Yeah, wow. They, just just behind the surface, they're they're abandoned pain. It's like you said. If you, I after watching this video, I thought about a band in 2016 trying. Can you imagine if a band recorded this video themselves, almost yeah. no budget? Yeah. Dressed in brightly colored clothes, jumping around and being silly, and then they handed this to a their record label or to some kind of uh, channel that shows mini music movies. They would have been laughed out of the room. Oh yeah, they no. Would have said, Get your amateur shit out of here. Yeah, because what would have been it would have been dropped on YouTube now, mm-hmm. and now music videos are like they really are mini movies. Yeah. Oh, they are. Yeah. It's. I, it's kind of impressive that how far music videos and TV shows and everything have come. Well, that's what was blowing my mind, is Van Halen now just seems like the ultimate dad music. Mm-hmm. Dad you know, rock? Dad rock, or, you know, middle-aged sportscaster. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, boy, well, you know, enough about uh, Tom Brady. I got to tell you what, last night I went down to the, the garden and I saw Van Halen. Yeah. Oh, boy, Van Halen. Oh, seriously. Oh, they can still rock. Yeah, it, so it's insane to me to think that this is what contemporary rock and roll music looked like. And I like even in 83, even trying to put myself in that time frame, it still feels dated and stodgy and goofy. Well, this, this is even goofy for Van Halen's standards, though, because yeah. because the, the keyboard thing is really kind of really weird. It's really weird. The guitars are really low in the mix. And then his um, his guitar solo does not fit in this song. It, well, it was the, this. Well, I'm going to get to some of the dirt then. About, okay, great. So, yeah, about how miserable things were. Because I because I listened to the song and it's this it's poppy synth rock, and then suddenly this guitar solo. It even sounds like it's in a minor key. So because it's so dark and sinister and just fast and. So so this is a point in the career when when uh, Eddie Van Halen had built his own studio and was starting to refuse to work with David Lee Roth and, and other and this this uh, whatever I said his name was Templeton Ten, te- the yeah. producer. Yeah. So he went to the studio and he recorded this in one night. He he based the keyboards on Holland Oates. Uh, oh, what song is it? I just wrote it down. Well, let's see, Holland Oates. Um, dun, 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 God, I'm sorry. I think a kiss is what I yeah kisses kisses kiss is what is I on missed? my list or, or on my list because that's like dun 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 dun. dun. And jump is dun 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 dun. dun. No, it works perfectly. It works. Yeah, it, it really does. So he had gone and recorded this in one night. The the guitar solo, since he wouldn't, I guess he was really difficult. 
And they wanted him to re-record the guitar solo, but he said, like, take it or leave it. Oh, wow. They were like, and, and they had to edit it together. So it's not one guitar solo. Oh, wow. It's like five different leads they kind of So edited. that's why it sounds so weird. Yeah, that's why it sounds really weird. Well, how do you do? And I'm going to, okay, I've got, I've pulled it up now. It is, Ted Templeman is the, is the guy. Yeah. Um, the, it's, oh, it is, Kiss on My List. Okay. And, yeah. and Eddie Van Halen, I guess, openly said, told Hall & Oates that, and they don't have a problem with it. They were fine with it. Yeah. They, the, so they got the copy of the song from, from Eddie, from Sour Puss Eddie. And then this, this Ted and David Lee Roth drove around in a convertible around the city, and, try, and David tried to come up with lyrics. So the song's fully formed, and Dave's got to... He's got to come up... So wow, that's here, so difficult. More, well, here's more about the... Uh, we're talking about this happy song. Yeah. The, so the night before, David had watched a news report... Okay, hang on. Let me uh, take a sip here so I can do a, the spit take that I feel like is going to come up. Okay. Okay. So the night before, David Lee Roth had watched a news report on a man that was trying to commit suicide by jumping off a building. <laughs> <laughs> And David Lee Roth's thought was, when he was watching it, is, you might as well jump. Holy shit. <laughs> so this is a fun-loving song mm-hmm. about encouraging someone to commit suicide. Oh, I love it, yeah. Later, he's now gone back and said it's, it's, it means you might as well jump into love. So they've kind of, they've kind of retooled it. But, but according, yeah, a, to Ted, according to Ted, originally it was about encouraging someone to commit suicide. We talked earlier about, my, what was it, Michael Anthony? Yeah, Michael Anthony, the yeah. bassist. Yeah, the off-duty football player. And he was born 40 years old. <laughs> yeah, right? Watching this music video, I bet you he must have, he's probably 24 in it. Oh, 20, my God. Maybe younger. I was just watching it thinking he had to be part of the Chicago Bears Super Bowl shuffle oh, crew. Oh, that's exactly what he looks like. He looks like he's in the Chicago Bears in the mid-'80s. But he... He's got to be early, early 20s. He's, he looks, he's just bored. Like, you look at him now, yeah. he looks the same. <laughs> yeah. you, look at, you look at David Lee Roth, he's got this horrible comb over. He looks like some kind of alcoholic game show host. You look at Eddie Van Halen, he, he's, he just looks haggard as hell. Well, that is a good way to describe David Lee Roth. But, but <laughs> you look at Michael Anthony, you could be like, oh, you just finished filming Jump, the music video. <laughs> Timeless. There's some interesting choices that David. I I imagine since David was in charge of the video that he 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 did some of these decisions. Something I thought was very interesting is there's there's the classic. This is a classic thing that I actually do think a lot of music videos emulate, where the three guys in the band are like rocking to get like shoulder to shoulder, like rocking towards oh, the yeah. camera, like walking towards the camera together. Oh, that is like like we were talking about Commando earlier. That is like 80s metal. It is going totally, toward yeah. you, like going towards the camera, just rocking. Like it must have been at every. Me- I, I bet specifically rock, but every music yeah. video, they're coming at you with their music. Yeah. Well, they still like Pharrell Williams still does that, or at the Super Bowl. Yeah. When. Uh, oh uh, yeah, that was so weird. What was his name? Like Coldplay, Bruno Mars, and yeah. And, and uh, is it Gwen Stefani or somebody? Who was it? Uh, was it Nicki Minaj? Maybe Nick. They, they're coming at you. But they're all coming at you, looking directly looking, at the camera. It creeped me and out. Grinning. No, yeah. I hate it. I almost had to turn the TV off. <laughs> yeah. That that was. I, I. They say this is groundbreaking, so I'll bet you this is maybe the first instance. That could of it. be. Yeah. Another really interesting choice is there. A, there's a part where David Lee Roth does a f- front flip, 
but it's clearly a backflip they've reversed. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah, it looks really strange. It looks super strange. And I, I, I was thinking, can he not do a front flip? It kind of felt, and it was weirdly, the speed of it was weird. Right. So it was like there were a bunch of guys in all black bodysuits, like, picking him up and twirling him. Yeah. I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But I just pictured him in the studio going, no, 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 no. Front flip. <laughs> yeah. Not a back flip. And they're like, well, we can reverse it, bud. You want me to reverse it right now? <laughs> All right. You know, like, so, you think about editing in those days, too. He literally yeah. had to take the tape out and turn it backwards. Yeah, probably. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By hand. Yeah. There's probably thumbprints on the, on the print. <laughs> and then when I was a little kid and I heard this, I thought the song was literal. I thought they were saying, mm-hmm. I thought it was a song about jumping. Yeah, that's what I thought. And I guess that's. I thought it was silly. I thought it was a silly song. Right. Why would we jump? And they're having fun. Yeah. They're being silly. They're jumping. Yeah. And, that's, and, now, and now to think of it as jumping into love is one thing. Think about it as encouraging someone to jump off a building is, is pretty dark. I'm hoping that's... I know that's what it is, but I'm hoping that's not. Yeah. I want it to be just about jumping up and down as a happy little kid. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of jumping in the video. There is. Um, I was amazed by how David Lee Roth was so much like Mick Jagger. In what, in what way? Just his moves, his weird, like, oh, kind of yeah. oh, yeah. uh, flamboyant, weird, uh, showgirl kind of moves. Well, was so Mick Jaggery. It's true. Mick Jagger, though, is quite the template. Well, well yeah, for every rock star. For every rock band. Since Mick Jagger, yeah. You talk, you talk to every band, and their favorite band is either Kiss or, or Led Zeppelin yeah. or Rolling Stones or uh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Hollow Notes. Or Hollow Notes. Yeah. I love Hollow Notes. I've been trying to talk my girlfriend into going to the Hollywood Bowl in L.A. to see Hollow Notes, <laughs> and she's not having it. That seems like quite a journey. I would love that. I've heard it's a real hike to get to the Hollywood Bowl. It is. It's exhausting. Yeah. I, t- I told a story. Was it on this podcast where I had two yeah. bottles of wine in my pants? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I went to, to the Hollywood. Yeah, I went to see Blur, and they, they said you could bring alcohol, and I kept going, are you sure you can bring alcohol? That seems weird. Yeah. We got there, and I had all this booze, and I had to li- put... And I wasn't wearing a coat. This is L.A. I'm wearing a tight shirt and tight pants, and I have two bottles of wine in my pants. <laughs> That's the way David Lee Roth would have done it. That's <laughs> true. And he wore tight pants. I, my pants are about that tight. I can just hear him being like, this ain't no bottle of wine. <laughs> I'm just glad to see you, baby. Oh. Yeah, I was saying stuff like that to security. <laughs> yeah. They were charmed. And then the end, the way this video ends, did you notice this? The final shot is a freeze frame of David Lee Roth just smiling yeah. at the camera. Yeah. And the camera's... While the music fades out. The music's fading out, and maybe the camera's zooming in slightly. I can't remember. But yeah. it's just, just this maniac smiling <laughs> yeah. at you. And throughout the video, he has these weird dead eyes. So the music... It's gotta be, that's got to like, be like cocaine or something, That's right? what I'm thinking. His, his vocal style is obviously very boisterous. Oh, he's great. I so love it. So you can it. tell when he's actually singing, he's really got to be like, ah, ah. Yeah, and, and, but he's doing that like with just this straight face, just opening his mouth to form the word. And there's no way his face would look like that if he was really scream singing this. Yeah. So it felt so weird. He's one of those, if, if you watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure and you are, and you are in the right state of mind, it, it's almost distracting to hear Pee-wee just go, <laughs> <laughs> like he's doing his lines, but in between his lines, he's making noises like that. Oh! And if you listen to Van Halen, it's the same thing with David Lee Roth. Like yeah. you're listening to a rock song, and throughout the song is, 
It's like it's like yeah. it's like someone who keeps hitting their thumb with with a hammer or something. <laughs> wow! And he's just—I guess it's a James Brown thing, actually. But yeah, or Little Richard, or too. Little Richard, like, yeah. But, but he, them, he's yeah. just like squealing and squeaking through the whole song. God, and God, you know what? This is a hundred percent cocaine, huh? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> the D- David Lee Roth. Director. All right, let's record this. Let's record this song. Hey, all right, we got a black room. We just got to make it look like a stage. All right, let's start. Oh, I'm gonna do hey. a flip. I'm gonna do a backflip right now. Ah! <laughs> all right, everybody, get, get with me. Let's come towards the camera. Let's let these fans know what we're about. Walk towards the camera. Rock towards the camera. Smile, smile, smile. Come on, everybody. We're smiling. We're smiling. Hey, hey. Yeah. Ow, ow. Three takes. One and a fourth take of them being silly and goofy. They did this in an afternoon. <laughs> That's crazy. They just railing coke all day. Yeah, making this bonkers music video, and they're all happy. No wonder they're all happy and laughing. And then when it all wore off, like later that night, and then they broke up. Then they, yeah, later that night they broke up. And it, it said in it said in the the article that later I don't think it was the same day, but Eddie Van Halen went to David Lee, Lee Roth's house. And David Lee Roth had just released his first solo album, which Eddie Van Halen was relieved at first because it got David off his back a bit because David's like, we've got to be more commercial. We've got to be more commercial. And that's kind of where Eddie was like, take it or leave it with this song. But then he went over to David's house, and David was telling him these delusions of grandeur, how they're going to make a movie about his solo album. Oh, wow. That is classic cocaine, right? Yeah. <laughs> and then Eddie, it says, was so upset because he realized, like, like David's leaving the band. Yeah. That he started to cry, and then he went and called his brother crying, like blubbering, that the band was over. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's, I don't think anyone was sober. No, they couldn't have been. <laughs> Ed, I mean, Eddie has certainly had his share of health problems. That's true. Oh, my God. And, and Michael Anthony, or Anthony Michael, whatever his name is. Yeah. His bass guitar is a Jack Daniels bottle. That's right. <laughs> so he's clearly not sober. Yeah. Oh, man. And he probably had to pawn off his Super Bowl rings at some point. I know. Oh, do you know what? That makes sense. I'll bet you it was his idea to walk towards the camera because they were shuffling <laughs> yeah. towards the camera. Yeah. That was a nice, it was like a Super Bowl shuffle. <laughs> An homage to the homage. Super Bowl shuffling crew that he's yeah. also part of. Yeah, exactly. He's like, there's something we've been doing at practice to get us all in the right mindset. I know we've been fighting lately, but let's do this shuffle. Hear me out. I know it doesn't sound like much. It's just walking slow. <laughs> but a shuffle might make the difference. Hey, Michael, our tour schedule's out. Ooh, Janu- I can't make January. Oh, uh, why, no, why not? No. I, I got something at the end of January. Uh, it's, don't worry Pretty about much that. from like August through January, I'm going to be real busy. Right. Oh. Maybe oh. that's... So, so, yeah, that was a mini music movie. Well, just to get it out of the way, let's do this week's Degrassi Minute. Okay. We had been calling it Keep Off Degrassi, but I just can't do it anymore. It's called the Degrassi Minute. You can't, you can't do it anymore? I can't do Keep Off Degrassi. Because it, it could be ref- people could mistake it for referencing drugs. Exactly. And we do not talk about drugs on this podcast. Yeah, drugs broke up Van Halen, for yeah. the love of God. They're not going to break us up. They're not going to break us up by talking about them. Luckily, I only have, uh, I have like 10 words written down for this whole episode. It's season three, episode eight, called Star-Crossed. It's a very boring episode, really lacking in energy. Good, good. Uh, good. It does the old twin switcheroo, which seems ripe for comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a mix-up where a twin has a crush on a dude, and, but he thinks it's the sister asking him out, so they do the old twin switch. 
Hmm. So basically, Erica accidentally asks him out, but Heather has a crush on him. So Heather goes on the date pretending to be Erica. God, one of my biggest fantasies when I was a little kid was that I had a twin brother, so we would only have to go to school half the time. I know. That's how it would work, right? My fan, my, like, like This fantasy kind of came to me in elementary school, but once I was in junior high or middle school, if you're from different regions, junior yeah. high and middle school are the same thing. Yeah. I had this fantasy, because the way it was broken up was we had even and odd days. Oh, yeah. So four, four classes a day, or I don't know. Was oh, so there you, more? Yeah, it was four each day. Four each day. Yeah. So I thought if I had a twin brother, each of us could just go to our s- separate classes, like one on Monday. Oh, yeah. He goes on Tuesday. I go on Wednesday. And then I just have to focus on four subjects. Because it wouldn't work in grammar school, because you'd no. have to... Because your homework would be just fucked up. (laughs) It's completely, yeah. So it wouldn't work on that. It'd have to be like you had to attend all the classes. Yeah. So I I just focus on my four subjects. My twin just focuses on four subjects, and we just live the life, you know? Yeah. And then when you grow up, you can be the prestige. That the was the fantasy, was the prestige. Yeah. It's great for math and algebra. And magic tricks. And magic. That's right. And maybe somehow traffic tickets. I don't know. I mean, it seems like the applications are going to go a long way. Job interviews? I don't know. Well, the, the only thing that really seems practical is, is practical jokes. That yeah. seems like the most obvious thing you could really do a lot of, of great things with, is just elaborate, hilarious, practical jokes. I was watching The Bachelorette once, and they got to the point where there's only like three guys left, so they go to their hometown to meet the parents and stuff. Mm-hmm. This guy, this contestant, had not revealed that he was a twin. So the bachelorette and him get to their house, and he runs upstairs mm-hmm. where his twin brother lives okay. and switches clothes with him. Switches clothes with him and sends the twin brother down to oh. complete the date. Really? And he's, like, just giggling so hard. He's like, here, quick, put this on, put this on. How did it go? The twin walked down the stairs, and immediately the bachelorette went, who are you? No. They were identical twins, but she was like, you're not Steve. No. Is Steve a twin? Yeah, she called it immediately. No way. Immediately, Yeah. That's, <laughs> and then the other guy came down just giggling like, she gotcha! And she's like, no, you didn't. I could tell that was I you. almost don't think that could be possible. I sometimes can't tell apart pe- brothers that are a year apart. <laughs> yeah. Let alone twins. Do we know any twins? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Can you, can you, <laughs> I, I, I was like, why don't you say their full names and addresses on the podcast? I know. That's why I, I was about to, and I was like, wait, do I need to protect, does anyone who even knows them listen? We'll call them... We'll call them Ed and Ted. Nick and Jim. Okay, Nick and Jim. That's, yeah. m- that's more of a good pseudonym. Yeah. Could you tell them apart? Yeah, for sure. I've known, well, the first time I met Nick, I went up to him. I knew Jim. Mm-hmm. And I, saw, I went up and I saw him and I slapped him on the back and made some inside joke. And, and he looked at me and was like, You probably think I'm my brother, huh? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know he's a twin. And I was like, Ha ha, good one, Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim's quite the, quite the card. Right. Uh, no, but I can tell them part. Well, they for one thing, one of them had bangs and the other had a pompadour. So that was the shorthand to tell them. But part. I mean, was the pom- if the pompadour wasn't pomped up, would it have yeah, bangs, I think they're though? Yeah, they're just a little bit different. A little bit different. Yeah, and I know them really well. They're really good friends of mine, so I can tell. But if I just knew them casually, I don't know if I could. Now, there's, there's these twins that, are on a, that were on a Disney Channel show. It was like Zack and Cody's Wild Life or something like that. Okay. Sweet and Life of Zack and Cody? Well, yeah, maybe. I'm sure that's right, actually. I don't know why I said maybe. They, they live in a hotel, and then later they live on a, on cruise, a cruise ship. ship. Yeah. Which I 
which is amazing. I know so much about a show I've, I've never watched. I watched it once because Utah Jazz point guard Darren Williams was on the ship. Are you serious? Yeah, and he was not a very good actor. Oh, he wasn't very good. Hey, man, let's shoot some jump shots. Why was he on that show? <laughs> I don't know. Why? He must have, like, have been forced. Well, that's no, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone wants, you know, you want your endorsements, you want your Wheaties box, you mm. want your Nikes. Unfortunately, when you're playing for the Utah Jazz, not as many doors are open to that's you. That's true. So he's got his agent. He's like, come on, I want to be a big star like LeBron or Kobe. I'm really yeah. good. And he's like, well, I got something for you. Yeah. The cruise life of Zach and Cody. Yeah, you're, you're doing local commercials for carpet stores and stuff. Literally, I, yeah, I, like, I, like Brian Russell. Was, I, yeah. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah, Brian Russell did local commercials for carpet stores. <laughs> yeah, and then Carl Malone, um, perhaps arguably the greatest power forward to ever play, or at mm-hmm. least in the top two. I don't even think you can what, argue. What shoe endorsement did he get? L.A. gear. <laughs> and, and later, Skechers. <laughs> One of the top 50 greatest players of all time. Wow. He gets stuck with L.A. gear. Which, ironically, he wasn't playing in L.A. So no. that, that's just a slap in the face. Yeah, exactly. He it couldn't re- even wear him here. It really is. Yeah. But, but Zach and Cody, I remember once they did the cruise show, one of them starts gaining weight. Like, one of them got fat. <laughs> Did you, have you seen this? One stayed the same, and one started to get fat. And what a weird thing that is. Think about the weird pressure you're feeling to stay in the same shape as your identical twin. Yeah. Can you imagine being the fat twin? <laughs> fat twin. It's like this awful scenario, because you're already, you already have these weird... I don't know for sure if twins have this, but you, you must have a strange identity issue or you must be sensitive to people not seeing you as a as one person they're seeing you as like two parts right yeah there's got to be something weird about that and then plus the thing where if one gets hurt you feel their pain right so so if one of them's getting fat what do you feel you feel bloated. full yeah you feel full, full bloated mm-hmm. <laughs> your belt fits fine but you're like oh these pants you're just kind of discomfortable they, they all the feel, time yeah. they, they feel too tight but they're actually a little bit baggy yeah, you're chugging the Pepto. Yeah, you have heartburn all the time. All the time, heartburn. It's not even you, your fault. Because you have a cursed fat brother. I, uh, I, yesterday, because of all that watermelon pucker you made me drink, mm-hmm. uh, I had to drink some Pepto-Bismol, and I was looking at the indications, and it said, relieves discomfort caused by overindulgence of food and drink. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Just like, I ate too much, mm-hmm. now I... Feel bad, and I and I don't want any context over that other than saying that I was forcing people to drink watermelon pop. Oh yeah, it wasn't just me. This it wasn't was dozens like, of people. Yeah, and it wasn't like I we wanted to drink it. Even I didn't want to. No, drink no one it. wanted to drink it. It was awful. Yeah, but it was it was kind of this weird punishment throughout the night. Yeah, the bottle's gone. We finished the whole bottle of watermelon pucker. Oh, that's too bad. I wanted some. <laughs> I kind of want some right now. Maybe I'll be bad and make myself drink it. <laughs> I am the fat twin in this scenario. <laughs> the fat twin. My own fat twin. I'm my own fat. See, that's the thing. That's even worse. I don't even have a thin twin brother. I'm just a fat twin. You're the fat twin and the evil twin. And I'm lonely now. Yeah. It's the worst. Because <laughs> I have no brother to talk to. <laughs> Real quick, uh, they go bowling. Mm-hmm. We're going back to Degrassi. Canadian bowling is weird, man. What do you mean? It has different rules? The ball is like a coconut. They're bowling, and they're, the ball they're bowling with is, like, it's slightly larger than a softball. And it's hairy? And it's hairy. Like a coconut. And it's filled with sweet milk. 
It's delicious. Yeah, no, they're just bowling with, and they they don't say anything like, "Hey, let's go weird Canadian bowling." They're just like, "Let's go bowling." What do the pins look like? They looked spaced a little too far apart. This is bullshit. No, I haven't looked into this because I don't want to know. Yeah, I just want to know that. I just want in my mind to know that it's weird. I small little balls, and they throw them a real long way. They don't really roll them. They kind of toss them. Never in a million years would I suspect bowling is different in any other country. Well. Is that good? Is that a good thing to know or a bad thing? Is that something you... I, w- I kind of wish I would have gone to my grave without knowing that. I know. It's really unfortunate. I mean, I know it. Now you have to know it. But like, now everyone has to know dude, it. Dude, is that, is that something you want to have in your head? To know that they bowl with something just like... Uh, like not even cantaloupe size. Like, like it would be a... Maybe a grapefruit, not a cantaloupe. I guess it would be great if, if Canadians ever got stranded on a desert island. They'd be able to go bowling. Yeah. And we would have to be stranded in a place with monstrous, mutated, like, we'd have to, we'd have to go to Monster Island where Godzilla is to get the, a right-sized coconut that could, coconut we could use yeah. as our bowling ball. Yeah, that's true. But a Canadian could be stranded on any island on Earth, and they could go bowling. And they could still bowl. So they got Advantage Canada. On that one, yeah. Let's put that up on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. One to nothing on that. That's right. Desert Island Bowling has to go to Canada. I think as we watch Degrassi, we need to make that a recurring uh, score keep. Oh, what, what, who does better? Oh, oh, we Canada. are just coming out of the Olympics. We are. And, you know, and frankly, I got that fire within, man. I got Olympic fever and I got it bad. Uh, I don't yeah. want this to be over. I don't ever want it to. I want a constant Olympics, day and night, forever. Yeah. So, so this is how we can do it. We've got to get up on the board. We'll just make it, just to make it easy, it'll just be U.S. versus Canada in this case. We don't have to include the other countries. No, no, because they don't have TV shows that I can watch because they speak different languages. Mm-hmm. And they, we don't even want to know what their bowling is like. No, no, we're, we're done with bowling. Yeah, one bombshell Olympic bowling, enough. we get the silver. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, Desert Island bowling. Des- Olympic Desert Island bowling. Which I don't think is technically a Olympic... Yeah. Yet. I don't know that we're even allowed to say Olympics. Oh, yeah. We better call it mini physical feats. Mini physical feats. Yeah. Yeah. We can't say that other thing. That all Niche, niche, indeed. All right. Well, last week we cut it short because of that ball game. This week, we're running long. I do want to get to the letters. I promised last week I'd read your letters. Okay. And since I do want to encourage you to send more letters, it would be rude to do that and then not read them. Ryan Andersons wants to write in and give us a digital high five because in episode 27, we actually mentioned some towns in his neck of the woods, Waterlevit and Troy, New York. So one of those crazy old-time wrestling matches I talked about. Mm-hmm took place around there, Water, Levite, and Troy, New York. Oh, cool. And that's where he lives. And also, thank you, Ryan, for preemptively being the first person to respond to our census. Oh, yeah. Wow, that was impressive. Yeah. We that... haven't even edited this episode yet. No, he did it live. That's amazing. Wow, that is amazing. Um, he says, I can safely say that they haven't changed too much since the 1800s, much like Smogville. The uh, outside wrestling has waned, but people still tend to brawl in and around the hipster bars of Troy. Uh, now, being that he is in upstate New York, very close to the border, in regards to your questioning about Degrassi, some of the basic cable channels around upstate New York also were able to view the wonders of Degrassi Junior High. When I was 10 or so, I recall watching an episode on our local PBS affiliate. I couldn't tell you what season it was. If you put a gun to my head, we're not going to do that. Don't worry. We're not chasing you out of Hoppetville. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but it was Degrassi that put the notion in my brain that Canada was this weird land trapped 10 years behind America because in 1996, they were still dressing like 1986. <laughs> I later found out what a rerun was. Uh, he also warns us, beware of the popcorn vendor. So that sounds sinister. That sounds ominous. Yeah, it does. The Smogville popcorn vendor? The Smogville popcorn vendor. I don't God, that's know. half my diet. I know. So what's going on with that? Okay, I don't know. He'll, he'll have to let us know later. Yeah, that is Ryan uh, from www.therightideas.org. Thanks for writing in, Ryan, and thanks for being... I read your... I don't normally plug our listeners' websites, but since you were the first person to respond to our... To the census. To the census. Therightideas.org. Joel Cable wrote us a bunch of times because uh, he doesn't know how to use email, apparently. Oh. He kept sending us his drafts. <laughs> That's how they do things over in London. Yeah. Um, he also responded to the census. He's, he's in London. I know that. That's right. Now, Joel, I don't think you know me, but I do know uh, that I think you once jammed with Thuyen Vu. Oh, for sure he did. Yeah. So there's that. Uh, so anyway, on the third email, I'm typing on my phone and accidentally sent while drafting. Ignore my previous Here's what I meant to send. Greetings from England. Okay, yeah, number two. Number two on the list. London specifically. I'm a relatively new listener and doing my best to catch up to current. Uh, just listened to episode 18, which ended with the Yeti attack and thunderstorm. I was initially turned on to the show as an old friend of Sean's and being far away and missing his voice, decided to check out the shenanigans. I've since been pleasantly or surprised. the Sean-anigans. Yeah. Did, did he write that? No, but... He should have. He should have. The that, that should. This is considered a draft also, then. He needs the fourth draft. <laughs> shenanigans. He misses the shenanigans. Yeah, misses the shenanigans. I've since been pleasantly surprised, so he did have low expectations. That's good. <laughs> <clears throat> much like... Uh, Fair enough. Much like the Pancake House here in Smogville. With the slogan, come on in, you'll be pleasantly surprised. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> oh man, that, that I've never thought of it like that. Oh, you haven't? You'll be, uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised as opposed to these shitty pancakes oh, you were expecting. This, it's this ancient pancake house that uh, is known, and this is factual reporting, mm -hmm. that a few years ago they got busted for running a cocaine ring out of the basement because right. they, they followed David Lee Roth. And, right. And he came out and they said, How are your pancakes, Mr. Roth? And he said, Pancakes, what? <laughs> Might as well jump for them. People jump for my pancakes. <laughs> but they just directed this very large sign that says, come on in. You'll be pleasantly surprised. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Which just means not as bad as you think. Not, yeah. So anyway, he's been pleasantly surprised and often titillated by the clever banter and range of topics you cover and wanted to write in and let you know I'm loving the show and that you guys are an amazing duo. You've had me laughing on the train to work in the morning on several occasions, getting strange looks from other passengers. Do they call it a train in England? Don't they call it a... A, uh, a lorry? lorry? A, a lolly? I don't know. Yeah, they call it a lolly. So, so to translate, uh, I've been laughing on the lolly. I've been guffawing on the lolly while the other blokes gave me oddzos. For my snarks. Mm -hmm. My snarksies. My snarksies. Uh, I'm a fan of the opening clip montage and never skip it as I try to identify their sources, but some seem pretty obscure. They are pretty obscure. And I want to point out if you skip it, you skip the entire episode. You can't skip it. Yeah, you can't skip it. Uh, I thought that maybe you could post a list of the clip sources for those fans interested or even have some sort of contest giveaway for any listener who can identify them all. Let's do that. <clears throat> yeah. If you can identify... Let's do it right now. Let's have a contest to identify the clips in the opening, yeah, si identify the opening music of the show. Yeah, and on the honor system, don't Google them. 
Yeah, just give it a shot if you know it. Yeah, and that's worldchampionpodcast at gmail.com. We'll give this like three or four weeks, and then I'll post them on the website somewhere. Yeah, under the subject, what should we do? Theme, contest? Uh, yeah, that might be too confusing. Yeah. Uh, Snarksies and Oddzos. Snarksies and Oddzos, yeah. Write yeah. that in the subject line, and, we, and, and let us know if you can figure out all these clips. Yeah. Took a, it, 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 it's a storied history. Like, these clips all mean something to us. That's what I love about it. Yeah, they, they do. They're not just random. They are all jokes from our long and storied history as podcasters. I see you know your judo well. <laughs> and you say, you, said that, you say that all the time. <laughs> I say it all we the time. Say, we say those quotes all the time. All the time. Uh, a few things I felt I should contribute. <clears throat> like Sean, I'm a metal lover. I will always point to Faith No More and Megadeth as my all-time favorites. Faith No More is metal? I would say so. Interesting. Okay. Well, well how, how would you define I them? don't know. They're, they are hard to define. They're kind of a funky metal. They are kind of a funky metal, and what's better than that? But they're definitely metal. What's better than funky anything? I think if you appear in a Bill and Ted movie, you are officially considered metal. They, the guitarist of Faith No More is in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He's brought to the future to, to talk to the class about rock and roll. You don't remember this? I don't remember that. It's in the first scene of the second Bill and Ted me- movie. And they do, they do a song in the theme of the second one. They, their song, their themes, not a theme, what's it called? Just a song in the movie mm. is really good. It's a good Faith No More. It's a funky metal song. Yeah, that funky metal. I love it. Uh, my musical tastes are varied. I've been very selective about the metal I've gotten into over the years. So Blow Your Speakers has been a breath of fresh air and a much-needed segment in podcast land. I could listen to a whole podcast about genres and bands in metal. Spin-off podcast, Sean? Well. No. Oh, I was about to say, yeah. No. Okay, no, what were you about to say? Well, this is a good time, a good time as any, to talk about September, which is going to be the month of metal. Ah. I have got tickets to five separate high-profile metal concerts throughout the month of September. So yeah. once, at least once a week, I will be telling so it's about... So it's going to be semi-annual. It's going to be semi-annual, semi-weekly, maybe even semi-daily. Yeah. But, but Megadeth is on that list. I'm seeing Megadeth. Did you see that Slayer was just announced? Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll be out of town for Slayer. Out of town because you're seeing a different metal show in a different town? That's actually why. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to California Death Fest. Okay. Well, September is the month of metal mm. for sure. Um, I would, you know, maybe a spinoff YouTube Vine. Vine is popular. Maybe start doing Vine? Vines about metal. So, Five-second reviews? That sounds good. No, no. I mean, just five, just multi-parts. So part 30 is you going, uh, so I th- 1986? And then part 31 is, Nin- yeah, yeah, 1986. Okay. And his name was, and then part 32. I like your instincts. I think Vine is the right format. Vine for, is absolutely the right for format. For my 10-minute reviews. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, never thought I'd be listening to a band called Weed Packer and loving it so much. If I could rename the band, I would, just because it doesn't fit the music in my opinion, but the music is awesome. Like Soundgarden and Allison Chains had a baby with a dash of the sword and even some Opeth. Mm. New Opeth single, Sorceress I see is awesome, I, by I the way. I see you know your metal well. <laughs> Six times I've ruined my metal. Six times. Once in Switzerland, twice in France. Twice in the United States, and once in London. And once in Smogville. And once in Smogville. Recently watched a great documentary on BBC Full, worth checking out. Did he have any other choice? (laughs) One through three. Uh Oh. For some more background knowledge about the origins of hard rock and metal, it's called Heavy Metal Britannia. 
he conveniently links to it. Oh, lovely. Uh, but they spelled programums wrong. Yeah, it's weird how people from England spell so many words wrong. Yeah. Color. Like, color doesn't have a U in it. You dummies. <laughs> I, I, I just don't get it how they can spell so many words wrong. Yeah. When they named their country after the language we speak here in the U.S. Yeah, it is just backwards. Just backwards. So strange. To add to the conversation about the best guitarists ever, and I, this is a topic I like. I'm glad someone else jumped on this. My feeling is that virtuosic playing or any virtuosity can be learned with lots of practice. And while that in itself is super impressive, technically great guitars who can run scales at lightning speed are a dime a dozen. Ah. YouTube and countless metal albums are full of them. I'm going to jump in and mention that uh, 16-year-old French girl who can fucking wail. If yeah, we're talking she, running scales at lightning speed. But she's just a robot, man. Is that skill or not? Uh, well, I mean, it's definitely skill. Is it art? I, I know, know. I know it when I see it. I know, yeah, I know it's darned impressive. Uh, to be truly great and remember for your craft, you have to have a distinct sound and style in addition to technical brilliance, and even experiment and innovate to forge new paths in music that influence other bands. Oh, so he's talking about Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. I got that subtext. So here's his list, and, and gosh, I really wanted to make a list of my favorite guitarists. I don't remember if I did or not. Mm. Someone sent in theirs. We, let's, can we do that? We... List of our favorite. Didn't we already do this? Oh, we talked about it, but I don't know that we ever put. All right, make a, yeah, make a list. I don't, we, dude. We do whatever we want. I We're know. in this thing twenty three hours a day. I Besides know. that hour that the power's out, we can do whatever we want in here. Exactly. So he's got Mark Knopfler of Dire Straits. Really? Yeah. Uh, Marty. He gets whenever they're talking guitars, he's always up there. Is and he? I've only heard Dire Straits on the radio, and I don't get it. He just sounds like eighties eighties generic pop rock music. Well, to me. I, I say we do a mini music movie about money for nothing is that the cgi one yes okay for i think sure. i think and then we can and then we can also do the weird al version and we can ex- <laughs> we can examine his guitar playing in depth okay uh marty friedman of megadeth yeah uh trey anastasio of fish i feel like i'm more on wrong left turn away from getting way into fish i have never heard fish i've honest. never heard them either i don't even know what they sound like i have no idea but i feel like i could accidentally really get into them I don't know why. I just think that. Okay. The same reason I think that if I go to one drum circle, then I'm going to be a drum circle guy for life. I swear I saw a video of Trey Anastasia, or whatever his name is, playing a guitar, and the neck of the guitar had, like, a, a antlers on it. Like, the top of the guitar. It was made out of some kind of animal skull, the guitar. Oh. Uh, That's almost metal, I don't know. but it's I mean, not. I'm sure you can afford any guitar he wants. Oh, yeah. Um... He says, listen to Maze all the way through. David Gilmore of Pink Floyd. Okay. I've always found his stuff a little cold. It's definitely iconic. Oh, absolutely. He's, he's yeah. definitely got a sound. Oh, yeah, that is true. That is true. Uh, Frank Zappa of the, and the Mothers of Invention. Uh, Omar Rodriguez of At the Drive-In and Mars Volta. And that, guy, that guy's avant-garde. Man. He's, he's doing, he does interesting stuff. Yeah, he, he's weird as shit. Uh, and then, of course, George Harrison. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pretty much the inventor of the guitar solo, yeah, or Chuck Berry. Well, and I, oh, we're t- we're talking to someone from England, oh, yeah. so you got to kind of pander to him. Yeah, George. You don't want to. Spl- George is a yeah. is a fine lad. He is. Yeah, you don't want to throw Chuck Berry in some somebody's face that's living in London. That's true. It's like a slap in the face. Yeah, because he did spell Harrison H A R R I S O U N. Yeah, there's no U at the... Again, leave those U's out of all your stupid words. Uh, I'm enjoying a keep off Degrassi, or the Degrassi Minute. You've nearly convinced me to start watching, mainly for the odd acting in 80s fashions. 
Although I can recall watching the occasional episode on my PBS station as well. Speaking of the 80s, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the increasing prevalence of the use of 80s styles in contemporary filmmaking to give a retro feel, such as Stranger Things and Drive, which seem to play on our generation's need for nostalgia, and linked to that, the constant influx of 80s remakes or sequels, Total Recall, Robocop, Blade Runner, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones, for better or worse. Although I get as excited as the next guy at the possibility of the next great chapter for the movies I loved in my youth, can't help but feel that Hollywood is just capitalizing on our aging generation as fast as they can, while we are still young enough to care, but old enough to want to relive the glory days, and the result can often be detrimental to whatever makes the original work special. This extends to music as well, especially with so many current synth-pop-influenced bands that have a distinctly 80s sound, and acts of the 80s reuniting to play in or cash in, or too old for dead. Is <laughs> You're supposed to join me. Oh, sorry. And clap at yourself. Now, did I just use some sort of 80s uh, nostalgia on that? Was that like, oh, Captain, my Captain? Have or, we talked about this? Or did you actually deserve that clap? Have we talked about this? Talked about what? I just finished reading Dead Wake by Eric Larson. In that book, Woodrow Wilson goes to make a speech that will lead us into war with Germany and World War I. You did talk I. about this. Did I talk about it on the it's, air or just to you? It's, it could have been just to me, so, so recount it. So, they describe, so Woodrow Wilson makes a speech, and then he kind of gives like the capper. And then it said, he's, this is in front of the joint session of Congress. It's met with silence, but then when it became apparent that that was like the, the climax of the speech, one guy slowly and steadily started clapping until everyone else figured it out, and then the, the chambers bursted into applause. Thus inventing the slow inventing clap. Inventing the slow clap about 100 years ago. Well, this is all I have to say about that. Listening to something? I'm just listening to my own voice. Oh, okay. So I'll send you that thing. Yeah. I want my mini, mini music, music video. movie. Fuck. <laughs> Videos. Yeah, that's gonna be hard not saying yeah. that. Okay, again. I want my mini, mini music, music movies. movies. I'm sure that's fine. Yeah. Unless you want to do another. One.